from the National Society of Genetic Counselors, this is the NSGC podcast series. Exploring stories of leading voices and best practices in genetic counseling. Now to your hosts, Kalita Leaquat and Kate Wilson. Welcome to the 2019 special edition podcast episode in honor of Genetic Counselor Awareness Day. GC Awareness Day is dedicated to empowering genetic counselors to help raise awareness and interest about genetic counselors in your communities and institutions, and to help consumers understand the important and supportive role genetic counselors can play in their healthcare. Today, my co-host Kalita is speaking with Adam Buchanan. Adam is an associate professor and genetic counselor in the Geisinger Genomic Medicine Institute. He is also the current president-elect of ABGC. And now, over to Kalita and Adam. Adam Buchanan, thank you so much for joining me for the second annual Genetic Counseling Awareness Day podcast. This is a special edition of our podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you about genetic counselors as we are today and, you know, what the future looks like for us. Well, thanks for the opportunity to be here, and I'm excited to talk about those things, too. So I had uh, the opportunity recently to pop into one of your talks at the American Society for Human Genetics um, down in Houston, and you gave a great talk about, you know, your journey with research, um, and I feel like you have, you know, just a wealth of experience in the field um, and with uh, various organizations that represent us. So tell me, tell me a little bit about your thoughts about where we are today and your vision for the future. Well, I think one of the striking things about genetic counseling as a profession is how much it's grown, you know, just now celebrating the 40th anniversary of NSGC and uh, a profession that's not much older than that. And mm-hmm. we hit the uh, mark this year for 5,000 certified genetic counselors. So my role as president-elect for American Board of Genetic Counseling. Uh, I get to keep a close eye on how that's going. And so it's just a stunning amount of growth, um, both in numbers, but also in where genetic counselors are practicing. Kind of at all phases of healthcare, we're seeing genetic counselors and the important role that you know these interpreters of genetic information can play for patients, but also for other clinicians and for laboratories and really lots of different settings. So it's been fun to see that growth, even just over the the course of my career, but uh, stretching back farther than that as well. Yeah, it's we see a lot of prospective students here in my workplace, and I have to say, every year I've been practicing, I've told them it's an exciting year to be in genetic counseling, and so I think I need to rephrase it as it's an exciting time to be in genetic counseling, and in genetics in general, I would argue. I think so, too. I mean, you know, from a technology perspective, it's exciting, but just from a recognition in the broader healthcare community about the importance of genetic information, patient care, and what genetic counselors bring to the table as individuals who understand that information can work with patients, can interpret it, and uh, really facilitate the care coordination that uh, needs to happen for patients with a genetic condition. Mm. And I would argue also that uh, the mass media, where we seem to be more present in a lot more of the lay media and portrayals of genetic counselors as more than just, you know, the folks who are in the prenatal setting. Would you agree with that? I would. I think there are lots and lots of good stories that are easy for the lay public to understand about how genetic counselors can impact care and, and how genetic information uh, 
can be kind of an intuitive and, and helpful story for um, the lay media. And what I guess the lay media doesn't talk about, and I don't know if um, our, our mediums talk about it a lot, are, are some of the things that happen behind the scenes, which, which I know you have a lot of experience with. So things like professional societies and recertification, uh, licensure, what are your thoughts on where we are with that today and where that is going? Well, in my role as uh, ABGC president-elect, we, of course, focus a lot on certification and recertification and trying to do what we can to keep up with a changing field. And so we work hard to do that while maintaining the rigor of the exam and make sure that it matches how people practice. Mm -hmm. um, and we're looking at how we recertify folks so that uh, I imagine in the near future we'll be testing out some ways that uh, may be kind of above and beyond the typical getting continuation, continuing education credits so that uh, you can demonstrate uh, that continuing competence that uh, not just is associated with uh, kind of getting a stamp of approval for recertification, but really demonstrates that individuals are continuing to grow in their careers, uh, which as the field grows is really important. We need to make sure that recertification matches up with how people are practicing and where they're practicing. So I think in the year ahead uh, and after that as well, ABGC is going to be working hard to uh, investigate and make sure we're keeping that continuing competence up to pace with the rest of the field. As someone who chased CEUs this year and just recertified, I'm really excited to see um, what that's going to look like because there are so many educational opportunities out there um, that are not, you know, your traditional going to an annual conference kind of thing. Um, and certainly this podcast is participating in adding to that spectrum of educational content. So this year, um, we, we partnered with the Journal of Genetic Counseling um, and are offering, you know, a part of the CEUs for that activity through this podcast. So, so I kind of see it from two different sides. One is um, the folks who are putting the content out there. And then what you're just talking about, it's nice to hear that folks who are thinking about certification and recertification and how that works are seeing that there's different ways of doing it. So that's exciting for me. Absolutely. There's a need to make sure we're continuing to try to match that back to how people practice and demonstrating that there's that growth over a person's career and that continuing competence. Um, mm -hmm. And there's some neat programs out there for doing it in a way that isn't horribly burdensome, you know, where you can just do a little bit at a time. So things like podcasts and reviewing articles and so forth can be a nice mm -hmm. fit there. Yeah. That's definitely an exciting time. And you mentioned 5,000 certified genetic counselors. Do you know how many there are total out of curiosity? So I think our exact <laughs> number of certified genetic counselors is now 5,172. Amazing. It sounds like there's a lot of you know, thought and deliberate actions being put into enhancing, you know, our professional status and our professional profile, which advances a lot of different things like salaries and licensure. Um, what are your thoughts on where all of that is going? Well, I think there's been tremendous recognition in a lot of um, healthcare contexts about the value that genetic counselors bring uh, that's reflected in a lot of the licensure efforts and what's now a majority of the states, as I understand it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that'll just continue to grow 
we had the uh, the treat to be on Capitol Hill a few weeks ago as APGC did its um, some annual board meeting there. And uh, the congressional staffers that we talked to were receptive and uh, excited about the federal bill for recognition of genetic counselors as healthcare providers. So I think there's definitely a buzz in recognition of that value. And it was a lot of fun to be part of that process uh, and and to hear some familiarity with those uh, congressional staffers about what it is that we do and, and what value we can bring. Mm-hmm. That's a really high level recognition. That's, that's really amazing. And, you know, we, in my workplace, I work um, in industry, we talk quite a bit about the value of genetic counseling. So at different level, right? So at the clinical level, um, in the laboratory, you know, as MSLs, what are your thoughts on how we measure that value or, or, you know, what's out there in terms of how we currently measure that value. It's something that I think we all struggle with as a profession is putting a metric to mm-hmm. our value. It's a great question. And it's one that uh, there are a lot of people thinking about it in the field, people who are involved in genetic counseling outcomes research, but there's a lot more that needs to be done there. Mm-hmm. So historically, we've looked at things like patient satisfaction or decision-making, like things like decisional regret or decisional conflict. Trying to capture that genetic counselor's primary role is to help people's decisions match up with their values. So there are definitely validated measures to do that. uh, And I think those are important to continue to gather, but there are others as well um, that get beyond the patient level. So, more of a system-wide quality as a system are your patients getting into seed genetics uh, with good access to care? Are they um, being offered the genetic testing that's consistent with published guidelines? So there, you can look at it at several different levels of the healthcare uh, enterprise on the Insurance side, it's things like making sure that genetic tests uh, are consistent with the indication for testing and there's not over-ordering of testing. So that utilization management that genetic counselors are involved in there, there's definitely evidence of that, saving money for insurance companies. So there are lots of different ways to quantify it. And I think they're all important uh, because you need to demonstrate that multi-level effectiveness and value uh, to really make the case. You know, we've overcome a lot of challenges as a profession, at least, you know, from the beginning of of our profession and and, in the years since I've been practicing. What do you foresee is the next big challenge for us as genetic counselors and healthcare providers? I think a lot of the challenges that we've had to date have been associated with recognition and with quantifying that value. As we continue to build those data, I think the question is, well, what else can we do? How else can genetic counselors impact care with the training and skills that we have? And when you think about one of the things that that, uh, we're trained in and that we tend to be pretty good at, a lot of genetic counselors are good communicators and good coordinators. So that manifests in how we work with patients and with other clinicians as well. And coordinating care, which can sometimes be pretty complicated for individual patients. Mm -hmm. But I think it could also manifest in some of the leadership positions we take. So there are definitely genetic counselors who are moving into 
leadership positions in industry and in healthcare, but there's a there's an kind of a next step up in, in some of that leadership uh, at the you know the board level for companies at the um, vice president or, or higher level for healthcare systems you know moving up into that kind of system wide leadership where communication and coordination really are critical to the role and I think genetic counselors haven't typically been there but are well suited um, both from kind of a skills and experience standpoint and from an understanding of the way uh, medicine works and healthcare as a whole works. I love that answer. That is such a great note to end this special edition podcast for the Genetic Counseling Awareness Day. Thank you so much for joining me today, Adam. Oh, you're very welcome. And I think it's a treat to be here and excited to have another Genetic Counseling Awareness Day. It's a, a fun day to celebrate where the profession is and where it's going. That concludes our Genetic Counselor Awareness Day special edition episode. For another educational offering surrounding the 2019 GC Awareness Day, check out the webinar subcommittee's fireside chat with leaders in the genetic counseling field. Looking for more ways to celebrate? Head to the events tab on NSGC's website for everything from support letters and media toolkits to information on where to order GC Awareness Day swag. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.